You're listening to Toronto's number one real estate podcast, powered by Watson Estates. The most successful local real estate investing starts right here, right now. Here's your host, broker, investor, and social media influencer, Bradley Watson. Investors, Bradley here from Watson Estates, and you're listening to the largest, fastest growing podcast for Toronto real estate on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And we like to do episodes, keep you guys up to date with what's going on in the real estate market here in Toronto. As a broker investor myself, I figure why not share the info I got? But at the same time, we love to do these episodes at the beginning of each year. And how special is this one given the current climate that we're in these days? 2022 predictions. What is going to happen? I'm going to share with you my thoughts on that as well as why it could look very different than 2021. One, if you haven't already, consider liking and supporting the show. Hit a comment, leave us a subscribe. But one of the things I'm really excited for today, this is the very first time as we enter into the new year, I'm I'm able to share with you the opportunity to register for our new coaching program. That's going to include one-on-one training, group calls, 12-week session, sharing with you, it's called the 90-Day Landlord, sharing with you how to take your existing real estate portfolio and making it super big. As we see on many of our guests that come on the show, they have a way of creating this repetitive system of building their portfolio, and I want that for you guys. So if you're ready to take your portfolio to the next level, make sure you jump onto our link tree, find the link down in the description somewhere. Just look for it, take a second, put in some elbow grease, find it and get on the list because it is space is limited. This is the first time we're launching any program like this, and I want it for you guys, especially if you're our listeners. I love connecting with listeners in a two-way, and this might be what takes everything for you to that next level in the next 90 days. But speaking of weather and forecasts, I'm a bit under it today, under the weather. So I'm sorry if my voice is a little bit off. It's not COVID, I swear to you, I've, I've been tested. I was tested before you weren't allowed to get tested anymore. And we're just getting over a little cold here at the Watson residence, but who needs your voice? I mean, it's just a podcast, right? So let's get into the show. Let's first, before I share what my prediction is, I'd love to share with you what the real estate industry's predictions are. We don't yet have much as far as banks or major economists coming out too much. But what we do have is we have the real estate industry being very specific with what they see coming out of our prices, sales, which housing type is going to outperform. This is what I wish I want to start with on our show today. Number one is Royal LePage. They did a market survey forecast. They say this, in the GTA, the aggregate, which is based on a weighted model using medium prices and includes all housing types, price of a home in the fourth quarter of 2022, so year over year, is forecast to increase 11% year over year. The median price of a single family detached is going to rise 10%, while the median price of a condo Forecast is going to increase 12%. That's where we get 11. But they're obviously giving favor to the condo space. Remax, what do they got to say? Remax brokers predict that Muskoka will be the highest average sale price, increasing 20%. Within the GTA, we see Mississauga as their biggest hike potential of 14% compared to Toronto, which they're looking at a 10% increase. When we look across the country and we see these kind of overall estimates on what's going to happen with price, we definitely see benefit, higher appreciation in value going to the major cities. That seems to be a, a common theme when I'm looking at these. When we look at the Canadian Real Estate Association, here's what they say. They predicted that the national average house price will rise 7.6% on an annual basis. Obviously, you can see it's lower than what some are saying locally, but they say it warned the forecast is, quote, conservative. Because in November 2021, the national average price was 721000 Not that far off. I mean, we're under 20000 difference from that already. 
It predicted national home sales will fall by 8.6. Sales will fall to around 610,700, making it the second highest year on record for sales. It will fall, but it'll still be high. In the meantime, we're going to see this massive growth in prices, very much like what we're seeing at the end of 2021 against what a lot of people suspected. Many thought sales would be going through the roof in combination with price. In fact, they were expecting 20%. We'll probably see that later in the show from Korea, 20% sales, 20% price. But we see the price has gone off the charts, but the sales, not so much. So here's my prediction. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. Prices, I believe, will rise between 10 to 12% in the GTA. I give a range because obviously it's different cities doing different things. But we need to take that with a grain of salt. I don't like to be a show that just gives all the good news. And that's not at all what we're going to do today. We're going to share with you those grains of salt as well. But there's another prediction that I have for you just to kind of start us off on the right foot as we go down the list of predictions. And that is I expect there to be an early in a busy first half of 2022. We're going to see an early spring. This could happen, and I know we're sitting here right now. It might seem crazy being in the first week of January, but I expect you're going to see in the next couple of weeks something begin to pick up. We're going to see a busy January, a busy February, which could very much mirror what a spring market would do. That's what I'm expecting to see. Let's see. But at the same time, what we're more confident of than that even is that the first half of 2022 is going to be far busier from what we're standing today than it is in the, the second half. The reason for that is there's some big changes that are coming into our economy in the second half. We'll get into some of those as we go today. But there's a big reason why, and, and this is obviously up to you guys, and I think the majority of our growth we're going to experience is going to happen, kind of rounding into what we're experiencing in, in right now as far as supply and demand in our market. And we're going to see that until some kind of breaks are put on in this economy, on this market in the second half of the year. But when we look at the CEO of Zucasa, Lauren Ha, here's what she says. We may see a hotter January and February than usual as buyers look to lock in a mortgage rate before next year's, meaning 2022's, anticipated increases. Talking about interest rates. We're going to get into that a little bit more. But was your New Year's resolution to go to the gym? Not anymore. <laughs> Now you get to renovate your house. Maybe go do some showings. Real estate can go back on the front burner again. So let's get into, before we get into some of the reasons we should be skeptical or what could really shift and shake the 2022 market, I want to talk about the reasons why I believe prices will rise, that 10 to 20% that we're discussing. Number one, supply and demand. Specifically, months of inventory, we talk a lot about supply and demand on the show. And we like to track it weekly, and I don't want to get into that here. But the main thing to note when we're talking about this at a very high level is the months of inventory is so, so freaking low. <laughs> it is. This is coming from a, a Remax article. He said, by the end of the third quarter, guys, fourth quarter gets worse. But third quarter, let's start here. This is supposed to be the good news. The months of inventory across all property types fell to their lowest levels on record for the July to September period. Single detached months of inventory, one month. Within one month of nobody listing their property, every house would be gone. Semi-detached, 0.6 months. Townhomes, 0.8 months. And condos, what seems generous, but still so low, one and a half months. But yes, fourth quarter is going to be lower. We're going to see those numbers come out in the next little while. But it's tight. Months of inventory is a big leading indicator on all these crazy bidding wars that we're talking about. We're recognizing there is so low supply. Forget the demand that's on its way. 
And I want to note that these things that I'm putting, I've actually put them in order. So I believe the, the supply and demand, the months of inventory is the biggest factor for why prices will rise. But I want to really go through the list. And so this, in my opinion, is the next biggest reason for the rising of prices. And that is inflation. Inflation will be high, almost for sure. Almost for sure. What do we do in an inflationary environment? We run with loving and open arms to hard assets. The best of which we love in Canada is what? Fill in the blank. <clears throat> but here we go. The star.com has this article. Inflation expected to stay, quote, uncomfortably high in 2022. Prices in November were, listen to this, 4.7% higher than a year ago. According to CPI numbers released by StatsCan, BMO's official forecast calls for the CPIs to rise by another Another on top of that, not going backwards, on top of that, 3.5% next year. Still high, not as high as 4.7, but still above the expected 2%. And with every lockdown, which we find ourselves in in this moment, maybe another one down the road, comes more government spending, which means inflation. It seems all but certain inflation will continue, especially given our current circumstances. The Globe and Mail had a way of saying the Bank of Canada most recent quarterly business survey conducted in August, September found that 45% of respondents believe the rate of inflation would be above 3%. Half of them believe it would be above 3% for the next two years. The highest proportion since the survey began in 2001. We are confident of one thing, inflation. Where do you go during an inflationary environment? You fill in the blanks, guys. <clears throat> Real estate. A separate survey of consumers found that the median projection for the rate of inflation a year from now was 3.7%, the highest since the survey began in 2014. So we have multiple surveys pointing to consumers believing inflation is going to be higher. Whether or not it is, is irrelevant at this point. The perception is enough to recognize we need to get in something that's going to protect us. But what's one thing that I think is worth noting here? I don't even have it in my notes, but it's something I think about often. <clears throat> Sleeping. No. <laughs> Off the holidays, back to business. Uh, but one of the things that you have to consider is let's say the average prices in the GTA rise in the last 50 years, six to 7%, let's say. But our normal inflation floats around 2%, right? So that kind of recognizes really we have this buffer of four to 5% growth. Well, now if our inflation number, which is our baseline, bumps up to even 4%, to add 4 or 5% on top of that takes our price, our estimated price, to around that 8 or 9%. So does my prediction of 10 to 12 seem outrageous? Are we going to maybe do better than average this year? I tend to think so. But this is where I'm getting my numbers. Just some of the thoughts running through my head. There's various factors, but this is in, as it relates to inflation is one of the things that I think about. But it isn't the Bank of Canada promising to raise rates because if they raise rates, <clears throat> we're good, right? We're good. Well, the last communication with the Bank of Canada was expected to start raising rates in the middle of 2022. As far as I'm concerned, that's still in place. But history can teach us something. Let's look at what the Bank of Canada has done in, well, if you're more than two years old, you right, might remember, unless you're my two-year-old and don't remember much. But early on, here's what they say. Policymakers were mainly concerned about deflation. As the economy rebounded through the second half of 2020 and 2021, central bankers said high inflation would be, quote, transitory. They said this in the U.S. and they said this in Canada. It's transitory versus deflation. Now it's transitory. Okay, wrong, wrong. In November, Bank of Canada Governor Tiff McClam used the awkward phrase, quote, transitory but not short-lived. Then dropped the word altogether with the bank's rate decision announcement in December when they said, we're going to leave this for a while. We're going to run hot. We're going to play catch-up. 
A lot of broken promises, a lot of expectations failed back when they were yelling deflation. We were yelling inflation, <clears throat> a little bit of smoke and mirrors, but this is the Bank of Canada. Shouldn't they have a handle on things? I mean, they're the ones, they're, they're dude, this is your only job, <laughs> monetary policy. As it turns out, just because you sleep with someone named Stormy doesn't make you an expert on the weather, Mr. President. <laughs> So who do we trust? Because I sure hope you guys aren't trusting me, man. I'm I'm just I'm just crazy. I don't know why you guys spend so much time with me, but we have some fun on the show, right? Might learn a couple things along the way. Sometimes I do too. But reason number three on why I expect prices to rise is the provincial elections. That's right. You want to talk about the second half of the year, June 2nd, just to kick off that second portion. We have a provincial election and there are more promises in this election campaign that are on their way. We haven't even seen them. I looked it up online. Nothing's there, but it's coming. The platform on the conservative side has already kind of started rolling forward saying yes. I get their platform is like saying yes to everything. That's not it, but it, that's the feel that I get out of it. But you'll want to pay attention because much of the policy that actually affects housing, such as planning, zoning laws, is managed at the provincial or municipal levels. So these in more ways than the federal promises that were made are more important to some of the stuff that happens behind the scenes, especially relating to supply and what we're kind of doing at a municipal level. Taxes, land transfer taxes. These are some of the things that are going to be up for debate and up for discussion. But if it's warm now, wait till the promises roll in. It's already good. It's going to get gooder. I'm forecasting as high of 98 degrees. <laughs> God, I hate boy bands. <laughs> I'm more of a hip-hop guy. There's something special about Lil Wayne. <laughs> Reason number four. Canadians are addicted to real estate. They are. It's like a drug. Housing is cannibalizing the economy. Cannibalizing the economy. This is a Global Mail article. Investment in residential housing now accounts for roughly 42% of all investment in the country. So four out of every $10 is going into real estate. The good part of that these are some of the notes that I had. Residential investment has surged in recent years to hit a record share of GDP. That's good because real estate is tied to GDP. We can't afford to screw ourselves over in the real estate sector. It would screw everything, right? It's that kind of front of the train that pulls us out of this COVID pandemic recession. But the bad part is a chronic underinvestment in research and development, which has been underway for a while. The sort of spending we need to ensure long-term productivity gains, things that are driving people to want to come here, Right. Well, Canada ranks near the bottom of the OECD countries, which is the Organization for Economic Cooperation Development, ah, in terms of R&D expenditures as a share of GDP. Well, it raises an important question. If we're not making the necessary investments to ensure long-term economic growth, what will support these lofty house prices in the long term? That's the question. Are we breaking away from fundamentals? Nothing fun about that. Number five, momentum the one that I would put at the bottom of the list, but definitely noteworthy. I looked at an article from the Canadian Mortgage Trends.com. So here's where actually it was. The Korea was predicting home and price gains of up to 21%. The numbers haven't come out yet, by the way. All this is a little bit ahead, but it's a little bit of a forecast. But over 2021, we see over 20% growth across the country. Well, tight supply has been a recurring theme with Korea noting the months of inventory measure has fallen below two months worth of supply just four times. This is across the country, four times in history. It was in February, and March of 2021, and again in October and November. So months of inventory in our country have only dropped below two months four times, all of which happened last year. And this is still last year being 2021, and this is still an issue. 
it's still an issue. Not on top of that, local money is ready to blow. All of this, like we got no money, we're broke, all this debt, yes. But there's a lot of cash in the bank. Broadly speaking, Canadians are sitting on a lot of money. Household disposable income, that is, what's left after tax has accelerated over the pandemic thanks to the Ottawa COVID support programs. And with fewer places to spend, Canadians have amassed roughly 300 billion with B in excess savings. That bodes well for next year with interest rates set to rise. The typical household looks well positioned to absorb any added costs and power the economic recovery through higher spending. So actually that wasn't the last one because on top of this, this kind of all is in the same thing. The momentum is the immigration. You can put number six or you can add it to our last point. But there's even more capital coming from foreign investment, not just money pouring into our country, but people that are going to move to our country and ultimately invest. People that have been coming to our country the last couple of years. We know that it takes a couple of years or a few years for them to eventually purchase, but there's a lot of high net worth individuals moving to the greatest country on the planet and including the greatest city on the planet, which is the name of our podcast. <laughs> and I believe we will hit the target. Last year, I didn't think we were going to hit the target of our immigration numbers. I didn't think it was possible. Nobody was crossing the border. Well, the, there was a little bit of a play that the Canadian government was able to do where they were able to keep the people that we had that were here on visas and kind of lock them in as permanent residents. Well, with the borders now open, if they could pull a, a rabbit out of their hat when things were closed, what happens when things open up again? They surprised me. And so I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt and predict that we are going to hit those immigration numbers. Demand will continue to skyrocket as Canadians and foreign dollars pour into real estate. But pouring doesn't sound good to me. Pouring? I'm more of a Snoop Dogg camp. I like the drizzle. <laughs> Let's keep the drizzle. So before we get into some of the grains of salt that I'm going to add to the wounds here, if there wasn't already any pain involved in this podcast, we like to have some fun. I'm optimistic, guys, about this market, but it, we have our cuts and scrapes. But there's a couple side predictions that I want to throw in here for, um, for giggles. Number one, rental rates to rise significantly. I don't think rental rates are going to rise, even whether, I mean, you look at what they're allowing us, it's under 2% rate increase. Um, I don't know the exact number. I think it's 1.2 or 1.7 or something. It's low. It's below 2%. It's a joke. Considering last year was zero over the last couple of years, we have all but no rental increase. Well, guess what? The reality is, is rent rates are set to rise a lot. Okay. When we look at blogto.com, per the new national rent report from bullpen research and consulting and rentals.ca, the average rent for all property types in Toronto was 2,300 per month in November of 2021 an increase of 10% over the previous month that rents sank down to only 2.82%. Quote, Toronto is forecasted to have the strongest bounce back in 2022 as the forecast calls for an annual increase in the average rent of 11%. That's what they're calling for, which would bring us up to 2,495 per month. But my prediction is that I believe that's either accurate or more likely It'll beat that number. I think a number could go higher. I think it could go up 13% beating 2019 and hitting 2,600, which is where we stood before. We we're climbing. We're digging ourselves back out of the hole. How fast can we do it? I would not be surprised with the amount of demand that's coming in, especially on the immigration side, seeing that happen even this year. The other side prediction I wanted to add was that this year, if you didn't get this earlier in the show, is going to be a big year for condos. It is. The real reason for that is pretty much affordability. It is. It will outperform 
actually, in my opinion, the low rise segment in 2022. While you guys have been sitting back with your condo investments thinking, oh, I'm falling behind, you know, all these people are running away, work from home, this all sucks, my condo, I'm in a 800 square foot. It's like 800, I, would love, I wish, I wish I had 800. Okay, but the reality is, is because of affordability and because of a metric I'm gonna share with you right now, things are going to actually switch and more likely than not this year. One of the things we do need to track before I get to this point though, is we need to track the difference between the average price and the home price index. Because obviously with the number of sales being high, but maybe skewing, I think could skew in favor of the condo space more than we have in the past year or two. I think that we could end up seeing average price be hit in a way like it won't necessarily, like maybe we get 12%, but it appears on paper we got 9% from an average price. But when you actually look at the home price index, it's because the favoring of the increase in price happened in the condo space, which was more affordable. And therefore your average numbers are skewed. Hopefully that clarifies a lot of those things. I believe that my prediction for average home price index is gonna rise 10 to 12%, but that could be impacted by a revolving door, which is, the number of sales happening in the low rise versus condo space. But here's the reason that I think you're going to see a, a bounce back in the condo space. One of the, the best person reporting this that I've seen is Scott Ingram on Twitter, where he maps out the difference between the, the detached and the condo. And we've been talking about this on our show the last couple of months, but just to bring everybody up to speed, historically, we see with a difference of 0.25% general or 0.25 range, double the price. So usually you'll have, if it's a $500,000 condo, you'll have a million dollar detached house. Well, those numbers are skewed. They're not two times right now. They're actually 2.41 right now. That could continue in the next little while until interest rates bump up, in which case affordability could go down. There's an argument to be made about that in the mortgage rates in a second. We'll get there. <laughs> There's a lot of thoughts. My brain runs through thoughts. But the point here is when it comes from a historical perspective, we definitely see a favor building, this building that's happening very much like we saw in 2017, where the detached in comparative or comparing two condos seem overpriced. Something's gotta give, something's gotta give. So here are the grains of salt for you. Number one, and what I would say is the most important and the highest risk that we face going into this year is a drastic rise in interest rates. So we talked about inflation. Now I want to dive into interest rates. My prediction to start us off here is that we will see three interest rate increases through 2022, at least three, but I think it will be three. That's my guess. That's my, I can't say guess. It's a prediction. Prediction sounds more official. It's my forecast, but the overnight rate will go therefore from 0.25% to 1% by the end of the year. Now, before I kind of, you take mine as the like, holy grail, because sometimes that's what you guys do. I don't know why, but <laughs> it's my holy grail. <laughs> it's my truth, right? When we look at the target rates that come out of the major banks, they've all, all six of them have published. BMO, they're expecting the target rate to be, and my rate of 1% is actually the lowest here. BMO's expecting 1.25, which would be four increases if you did it at quarter percent, which I think is expected. CIBC would be 1%, NBC would be 1.5, RBC would be one, Scotiabank 1.25, and TD Bank would be one. So the banks are expecting anywhere from one to one and a half percent overnight rates by the end of the year. But note that the mortgage rates, here's one of the things that I think is important to recognize. Mortgage rates have already started balancing to account for that. Some people think, oh, interest rates are going to go up and we're going to, you know, we're going to lose our shirt here. Well, the banks are, they're forward thinking. 
And if the banks are expecting one to one and a half percent, call it 1.25, we ultimately have a 1% rate. They might've even overshot it. We could see rates come down in some cases because rates have already adjusted to the expectation of the rising overnight rate. Recognize that guys. That's why those that people that locked in five-year fixed last year, 2021, they won, man. They won if you're ultimately going to get a fixed rate. Some people are in the very old camp and I'm not going to fight that fight right here on the show. But the globeandmail.com, they put the odds of what would happen for interest rates. The Bank of Canada raising interest rates at least once so seeing a rise in general at 94%, they said they would do it. If they don't, that's a missed promise unless something goes off the charts. They're expecting some kind of rise to happen in 2022. But the odds of more than three rate increases, percentages not mentioned here, odds of three increases, more than three, are 21%. I tend to think they're going to bump them up a quarter percent. Maybe you could sneak in a half percent increase somewhere along the way to get that one25 but we don't see more than three increases as far as the odds go when we look from the globe. Now, the question for us before us is to put this as something that could completely sideswipe our market is what are the odds of a drastic increase? Are they high? Are they low? Well, I tend to think that the odds of a drastic increase in interest rates are low. Here's why. With home prices outpacing incomes to a truly spectacular degree, its clear underlying economic productivity is lagging. The expansion on both the asset and the liability sides of the household balance sheet, something that could become terribly meaningful in a downturn. We're getting more and more screwed. The amount of income that we have relative to the prices of homes is not rising anywhere close. They're, they're, it's completely mismatched. We've got this massive increase in house prices and incomes just don't keep up. If gro credit growth and real estate gains are underpinning consumer spending, it seems unlikely the Bank of Canada will be able to hike rates seven or eight times in the next two years. As markets currently expect, without triggering an old school balance sheet recession, fixed income and current markets could be in for lots of turbulence as the consequences of extensive capital misallocation finally hit home. What this is saying <clears throat> is we can't afford to bump it up 7 8% over the next two years, split that in half, call it three or four. We can't afford anything more than that because we're screwed already. We don't have the income to carry the debt. Maybe we've overextended ourselves. Luckily, our vulnerability keeps the wind of the Bank of Canada on our back, right? Our weakness is actually our strength. Sounds crazy, but until and unless they change course on us, we'll be okay. If the wind turns against us, game over. <laughs> Man, I hate windy weather. <laughs> it really blows. <laughs> so I think our vulnerability will keep things safe. I know that sounds odd, but that's my thoughts. And I'm entitled to my thoughts. You guys make the call. Investor don't. That's up to you. Number, number second reason <laughs> would be the government. The government. That's right. Not much going on, by the way, at the provincial level, especially with an election. It might not shake it up. In fact, actually, Doug Ford, as of today, is scheduled to rewin election with 67% odds. So chances are good. We're going to see Premier Doug Ford. But regardless, you're not going to see too much shakeup happen at the provincial level. Hopefully, we see good policies to help long term, but nothing to really shock our system. Where the risk lies is actually at the federal level. Those those uh, guys that you elected just this past year, the uh, the libs. Well, there's a few things that I'm kind of tracking to see that could cause us a little bit of problems. One is the speculation tax. We've seen that really screw things up in history. We've talked about that. I'm not going to get into too much on this podcast, but uh, you can go back and have a listen to the last few episodes. But also this idea of capital gains, I haven't talked much about it, but this kind of 
increasing capital gains on if you've got multiple properties, maybe you have a higher gains tax on those properties. We also have, hopefully at some point, this is a side note, hopefully we have this dealing with people sheltering money, foreign capital sheltering, and we have this thing all open up. We see the Ontario Real Estate Association fighting that battle, but there's all these kind of fights that are happening at the federal level to try and protect Canadian housing, but there hasn't really been a promise to actually protect Canadian housing. It's more of just like a, a show. <laughs> <laughs> that is taking place. But if we just all of a sudden, bam, speculation tax, 50%. Bill Davis, let's go, baby. <laughs> yeah, that would hurt. That could hurt. Okay. Another one that I see is this idea of foreign purchases. We had this promise to stop foreign purchases for a couple of years. If that takes place, that could shake the mindset of locals. Is that going to have a tangible impact on things? No, I highly doubt it, but it could scare people. And the other thing that could scare people is blind bidding wars being canceled. <laughs> Cancel culture hitting those blind bidding wars because um, we have to make sure that's a fa fair playing field for buyers. If that ever were to happen, yeah, that would shock people. That would change things. These are things outside of the ability to predict that I am kind of watching for and getting a feel for. You can usually see them coming, especially if you follow content like we do or you follow our show. You're aware that these are talks that are happening and how far along they are. And you can make responses. Real estate is slow but if you got your finger on the pulse, you can be quick enough. Investors love real estate. It's a good place to be, especially right now, which brings me to risk number three, the next grain of salt. Investors begin to pose a risk. The biggest buyer segment in Ontario accounting for one in four home purchases, which is lovely when you consider only one in five Canadians own multiple properties. We are seeing a focus, this like targeted attack at investment properties from new investors and existing investors. Investors were the only buyer segment that saw their share of home purchases accelerate in 2021. Every other segment saw their share of transactions decline. We're picking up the difference. <laughs> the good thing about that is investment dollars are committing to housing. We see Canada and real estate, Canadian real estate, as an opportunity, a long-term opportunity. Call it crazy, but investors, maybe there's a little bit of, you know, ooh, it always goes up. But generally, I think people recognize that there is a need and a demand for housing. Whether you can afford it or not, this is a place that people want to invest and investors are getting ahead of the curve. When more people are buying homes strictly as an investment rather than as a place to live, this is usually an early indicator of a market driven by exuberance rather than fundamentals. If investor demand continues to accelerate in 2022, this will push prices higher and elevate the risk to the housing market. The fact that investors are investing in the housing market is already putting us at a risk. And the more they continue to do that, which is happening at accelerating levels while everyone else is declining, that in there could be a problem. The bad affordability will continue to worsen and that poses a shock risk with the day that investors say, hey, maybe not such a good time to invest in real estate. Well, who's gonna buy those properties? So that's something that we're tracking as well on our show, but um, you guys do your thing. Do you, man. The last grain of salt I have here, the fourth grain of salt. <laughs> is bigger than me, man. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than our prime minister, for goodness sake. It's another global crisis. What if things go off the rails beyond our control? Shutdowns, global crisis, another variant, maybe two. <laughs> Who can predict that? Really? That shuts many people out of the market and it always will. That thought, the concern that the sky is about to fall. I can't over leverage. I can't put myself in any position of vulnerability because I could get screwed. And that's why investing isn't 
for everyone. That's why only one in four Canadians are doing it and why one in four Canadians are building their wealth in the highest inflationary period in Canadian history. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. And, um, and, and we'll see whether something happens. The, the radio show of the person who doesn't want to invest is, good morning, everyone. Today's weather is uh, none of your business. Stay home. Stay safe. <laughs> hide your kids. Hide your wives. Right? Oh, my goodness. But here's my conclusion. We got to end the show somewhere, and this is where I wanted to end. The conclusion is that I believe my predictions are all of these things considered and not in not factoring in the possibility of the world falling in, they're getting hit by an asteroid, that prices will rise by 10 to 12% in the GTA, and we need to take it with a grain of salt, obviously, with some of the conditions that we talked about. But one of the other things is that it could be very much a breakout year for condos. Don't be disheartened. If you have a property under a million dollars, which is hard to come by these days apart from condos, you're in a space that allows Canadians to purchase with less than 20% down, which is a unique and almost unheard of concept in the GTA these days. Hold on to that. Be excited about that because there's going to be many other people who are excited to take it off your hands. And in my mind, the only way to cool the market in the next 12 months is to shock it, scare it half to death because adding supply, which is what needs to happen, is taking way too long. If we want something to be dealt with in the second half of 2022, we got to scare the hell out of people, in, in, in particular investors. So we'll see if that happens. But these are the good days to own real estate, guys. Let's enjoy the beautiful weather while we have it, friends. Heck, even Mrs. Claus had to prep Santa for the warm weather this past December. Looks like it's a little rain, dear. <laughs> and if you haven't, please like, please subscribe if you want to continue to learn in a fun environment with other investors that also want to take their investment business to the next level. It is time for coaching, guys. You hear coaches and you hear major successful investors come on our show all the time. How about your turn? In the next 90 days, we want to get you guys to grow and get your next investment property and to scale things to that next level. You can find that on our link. But I will see you guys next time. Enjoy the rest of your holidays if you guys are still on break, but welcome back and welcome to 2022. Take care and keep it real.